it's a cute little episode, Corey. You know, very tinsel. But I do think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, you know what they say. It's nog or never. Yeah, thank you for watching our Friday Night Rewind. <laughs> cute, Drew, cute. It's nog or never. Hello, I'm Corey. And I'm Drew. And this is a Friday Night Rewind special where we watched the Prep and Landing series. Quite the series, is all I have to say. It looks like you want to add to that. All you have to say is then you start making faces. Because I was going to say my history with it. Because, mm. and I know, I, I'm sure you're going to get into it deep with your synopsis. But I will say, even when we talked about planning to watch these shorts, I remembered them. I don't think I've watched anything but the first one, to be honest. But I remember when the first one came. Yeah, I know. Look at you now who's making faces. But... <laughs> <laughs> The first one, I remember the first one coming out and I watched it. I did not think it was in 2009. Like, I thought it was much more recent than that, than than it was that old. I remember it being 2009. So I think it's interesting that you don't remember it being when you were that age. Like, I remember being roughly 10 or 11 when it came out. That's the memory I have. Cannot relate. Normally, we do a little, little intro and everything. But since these are our specials, I thought maybe... We can open with a joke. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, Drew, why do reindeer like Beyonce so much? Why, Corey? Because she slays. Oh, my gosh. Do you get it? I get it. it. What do you mean, dude? I get it. (laughs) The other day, I was doing something for work, and this client made a joke, and I did not get it. I literally took five minutes for me to understand the joke. <laughs> and I had to act like I got it. And I was like, really, I don't get it. <laughs> it's not you exposing your fakeness to the world, Core. Though we've all been there. Listen, <laughs> my, my coworker was like, damn, you're slapping me. Just fucking laugh. Because I wasn't laughing because I was like, what? I don't get it. Because <laughs> it was a client. We're trying to make her happy. Anyway. Every episode of our special, we will open with a little joke just to kick it off in the right mood, right? I don't know that I think of funniness at Christmas. It's not Christmas Fool's Day? (laughs) No, do not bring that movie up. Oh my God. What an awful movie, Drew. What an awful movie. So the Prep and Landing series originally premiered on ABC because back then ABC was not ABC Family. I don't know if you remember that. What do you mean? They're, they were separate <laughs> entities, not separate. Like, I know they were all controlled by the same company, but like ABC yes. existed and ABC family existed. I thought they merged. No, what? In, no. Oh, ABC's like, well. like American Broadcasting Channel or company, whatever the C stands for. And ABC family was uh-huh. what like the Fosters and Secret Life of an American Teenager and all that broadcasted on. They were set. And then that became Freeform in like 2012, 2014. Oh, Freeform. Oh. Yeah, look at me just spreading misinformation. <laughs> hey, originally oh, aired on ABC. We, I, you always do. You always say, why do you expose yourself? But then continue to expose me no matter what. It's fine. That's what the audience is here for, exposure. It originally aired on ABC. And Chris Williams came up with the idea for Prep and Landing. You probably don't know who that is. I had no idea who that was. He directed Big, the Big Hero 6 movie. 
Oh. And he directed Bolt. And he helped co-direct Moana. So I think that says who came up with the idea and what he worked on says a lot about why this series is good. I really see the Bolt energy in it. Uh, really? Yeah. Do you not? Really? Inter- I mean, even as I was watching it, it reminded me of Bolt. Interesting. That should be our poll. Does this remind you of Bolt? <laughs> so he came up with just the idea, though, Drew. So he actually, after he made the idea, he handed it off. So he actually didn't have a whole lot of input after a well, certain point. It's just the idea of it, the spyness, the espionageness of the elves itself. That's what I'm talking about. Like the concept of them. See, I got more military vibes than. Yeah, tomato, tomato. It's fun. <laughs> Still that's Josh Wilson. <laughs> He's a spot. It's fun. <laughs> All were co-directed, though. Every single prep and landing was co-directed by Stevie Wormers and Kevin Dieters. I apologize if I'm saying his last name wrong. But Kevin helped with things like Mulan, Tarzan, Lilo and Stitch, Brother Bear, and Chicken Little. So again, iconic movies directed by... The guy who directed this, I feel like this is starting to add up why this series is very good. Stevie and Kevin together have directed other shorts besides the prep and landings. Do you remember that 2007 short with Goofy called How to, How to Hook Up Your Home Theater? Oh, yeah. I didn't until you said it, but yeah. So they did that together, which would have been before prep and landing. And then they did prep and landing. And then in the recent years, they did Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Yeah. I so can see it. they've done some good work together. And then allegedly, as of 2011, they were making a fifth prep and landing because there are four, technically, but it still hasn't aired. It's 2023 and we still only have the original. So. Sad, because I would love another prep and landing. I think that would be a beautiful surprise, especially because since when we were kids, when these aired, imagine them dropping it and we're full adults and then some of us have our own kids. I just think that would be a brilliant idea if they would make another one. You don't agree? I do agree. I do. That it would be nice. I don't know that it would have, it has the cultural sway that you're implying that it does. I'm getting the vibe that you don't find this nearly as iconic as I do. Fair, given the fact that, as I said at the beginning, we I, I'd seen the first one and I hadn't kept up with the following three. But yes, that's a fair assumption to make. I, I think it's the way that they were marketed, to be honest. Okay, explain I, that. I don't remember seeing any more discussion of them after the first one i do they advertised them i never saw it never saw it did you even watch abc avid abc viewer right here do not remember them being advertised at Mm -hmm. all nor Mm. do i think they're necessarily like marketed going forward like in terms of a big disney christmas name i don't think that's the case either so like a mix of both they it could have been. They could have been, but I don't think they were. No, I agree. After they finished the four that have released, like I said, they 
planned to make a fifth one, but they never released it. I think you're right. I have not seen them advertised or talked about in the last at least 10 years. But I would say for the next year after, they were still decently popular. But you, they also were released every year for three years. So people were expecting them. So the year after the last one, everyone was like, well, where is it? And I think that was probably the last year it was talked about. Well, I have a theory. But we might save that theory mm-hmm. to the very last one because I have to okay. I'm double check something. But I have a theory as to why that might have happened. But continue. Mm. <laughs> Stay tuned. You have to listen in in a couple of days. We might say on the next episode. Who knows what episode I'm going to say my theory on. I'm going to keep you involved. So the first prep and landing was just called prep and landing. It is the first in the series and it premiered on December 8th, 2009. It has a runtime of 22 minutes. Summarizing it in one sense, this is a show, episode, TV show, whatever you want to call it, special. It was. It is a thing about how Santa's elves help deliver on Christmas, but when one of the elves feels overlooked and underappreciated, one house almost gets missed. That is your one sentence synopsis. The show opens with Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, which for me, I automatically love because I love classic Christmas and I think it brings in some interesting depth for them to lean into classic Christmas that we see they continue to do for the rest of this episode. And I honestly think that's like a theme that they carry through the rest of them. And I feel like for me, this has major nostalgia vibes, which is probably why I'm so obsessed with it. And you may are not because you don't feel the nostalgia that I feel for it. But I feel like part of the reason for me that I had that nostalgia is because of classic Christmas vibes. We see the elves put all the fire in the fireplace and come down the chimney with spy gear on, like you said, because they're spies. And they start creeping around the house to ensure Santa can get in and out of that house as quickly and easily as possible. There's a cute setup of the spy technology in the process that shows how they scan and it sends creatures stirring, zero, how they trim the tree to make the presents fit under it, fluff the stockings, test the milk temperature and cookies for nuts, which I think is funny that they were like (laughs) specifically (laughs) checking for nuts and the cookies. Like Santa's got a peanut allergy. I have never heard that once, so I think that's very funny. Because especially because my family, sometimes we would, obviously, your parents or your older sibling or whoever is the one doing Santa. So, like, obviously, they know if they have a nut allergy or not. But there were times that we put out macadamia nut cookies. That's the prep and landing team for you. They properly cased your house and (laughs) used the cookies as they should. So they complete the process of creating a landing set up for Santa on the roof that sort of looks like how planes land on like those military or the military like carrier craft things on the ocean. Think like Top Gun. Have you seen Top Gun? What do you think the answer to that question is? I'm thinking it's no. And I'm really hoping you're about to say yes. (laughs) It's a no. You are correct. Oh, Drew. See, I can't even be like, think Top Gun because you're going to be like, what's up? No, I would say think Spy Kids, think Bolt, think... None of those have military aircrafts on the ocean. None of those are like something that I can... You know what I'm saying? Okay, when I say military aircraft on the ocean, though, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, but that's more from superhero spy stuff, but yes. 
or Top Gun. Not Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to play the opening dialogue of Prep and Landing. This is our main character. His name is Wayne. Have you ever wondered how it all gets done? How Santa gets in and out of millions of homes all in one night? Let's just say he has a little help. The operation has its challenges. But we're always prepared. Our mission statement, get in, get out, never be noticed. I'm part of Prep and Landing, an elite unit of elves getting houses around the world ready for the big guy's arrival. The name's Wayne. Call sign, Little Trumber Boy. And I've been doing this a long time. I think all of that, all of this is just the cutest because all of the spy technology is also Christmas themed. The scanner is a gingerbread man. The sleepy thing is an ornament that explodes. They have call signs and his call sign is Little Drummer Boy. I just think this is all the cutest. And I, yeah, I just, I talk more about this later, but I love that I feel like they use Christmas lore in classic Christmas to make this work. And that just makes it like, it, it gives me like a full circle vibe, even though it's not technically any kind of full circle at all. It just feels very, you know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. It's a good little, little, like a blanket for my brain. It's not the analogy I would have chosen. Normally people say, oh, it's like scratches your brain, but I feel like it's on a scratch. Like it's a, it's like a comfort thing, but it's like a, it's like a blanket. A warm hug. A Christmas spirit. I don't know. So Wayne goes on to tell us that he has been doing this job for a very long time. And he's ready to move up because he wants to be the director of the naughty list. In fact, he assumes that he got the promotion without confirmation. He parks a very nice, quote, car. Because it's really like a sleigh, sled sort of thing. A snowmobile. A snowmobile. There you go. He parks his very nice, quote, car that's a snowmobile. And the director of the naughty list spot because he already assumes he got the promotion. He goes inside, and I only caught it because I paused to write, and I was like, hold on, what is that? And I went back and looked at it. When he goes in, the doors he walks in have a poster. Did you read it? No. Or did you even see the poster on the doors? I didn't see the poster It's a all. very, yeah, like I said, the only reason I caught it was because I paused. The, the poster says, Christmas is counting on you. And it has a elf spy on the photo, and it, it's giving Uncle Sam America Needs You vibes. It's big Uncle Sam vibes. But anyways, Wayne comes in singing and even grabs a girl elf and tells her not to be late for their date under the mistletoe. But later on, she's, first of all, I, if I'm right, because it's unclear, she comes back for five seconds and is not into him anymore. But also, she never comes back again. I don't know. Does he have a girlfriend or not? Who's to say? <laughs> his tie is also a Christmas tree tie. And his cup oh. says, because I wanted to know what it said. I don't know if you cared. It says, it's Nog or Never. <laughs> Wayne no, like passes some cult. I like it, too. I think they should have sold cups that said, it's Nog or Never. I'm saying um, for missed so opportunity. 
Maybe I was going to say, <laughs> maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne passes some coal elves that call him boss and he gets gifted a fruitcake. And again, it's all the assumption that he got the uh, naughty list director when he has not gotten it. So he goes into this person named McGee, her office. And she is the Christmas Eve coordinator, essentially. And she has an assistant named Tiny. And she is on 300 different phone calls when he walks in, all at the same time. In the back, I don't know if you noticed, you should have, because it comes up in five seconds, but she has a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. No, missed that too. And you know what I mean by that, right? Like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Okay. If anybody doesn't know what that is, it's the Christmas tree that's really sparse looking with one single red ornament on it. And the reason I say it comes up in five seconds is because you don't see it at first, but then she takes a sip while she's talking to Wayne of eggnog slash coffee, and it isn't very good anymore. So she pours it into the Charlie Brown Christmas tree and all the rest of the bristles fall off. (laughs) No, I missed that. You you missed that? Oh, you clearly did not watch this. I must have been taking notes, Cor. Oh, the notes that you said you didn't have. I said I had four lawns for this one. Thank you very much. Four reactions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, there's candy canes all over her office to eat. And I think that's very interesting, too. McGee tells Wayne that he did not get the promotion and is not the director of the naughty list. And in fact, his partner got the position. And there's like a two-second clip where she says that, where we see his snowmobile being towed out of the naughty director's spot because it's not his spot. Wayne tries to brush off the disappointment and is like glad his old partner got it because he trained his old partner essentially. McGee says that he has a new partner to train and that this new partner was the top of the class at the Kringle Academy. And we see him at the door and he's trying to pull it open when it's a push door. And Wayne looks at McGee and she goes, it was a small class. He finally gets in and introduces himself as Lanny, which I have never heard that name before in my life. Have you heard of a Lanny? I've heard of Lenny. No, I haven't heard Lanny either. I think it was a made-up name, which is interesting because McGee and Wayne are real names. And then Peterson, that's a real name. Yes, but who's to say Lanny's not? Correct. Lanny, the Lanny who's listening to this is, I exist. <laughs> yes. No, we just lost a listener because of you, Court. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally gets in, introduces himself as Lanny, and he expresses how excited he is to be working with Wayne. And he says that he had a poster of Wayne on his wall when he was growing up, which is like wild, right? Just the concept that Wayne is publicly known for what he does, but also not acknowledged for doing well in his position. But anyways, McGee ends the fangirl moment saying they need to go to see Thrasher because Thrasher's waiting. And Lanny is fangirling over Thrasher because he thought Thrasher was a myth. Thrasher is a reindeer who is Dasher's cousin, apparently, and is a very privately not very well-known. He's a secret, basically. And I think there's even a scene where Lanny's like, I thought you were a myth. And he's like, I am. Keep it that way or something like that. Tell you when I'll end you. Yeah, exactly. So Lanny is still fangirling while Wayne is noticeably uninterested and needs to ignore him. 
Lanny says, quote, this is so tinsel. And Wayne says, does the phrase Silent Night mean anything to you? And I included this because uh, this is the Christmas lore that I was talking about. And it's being used in such a clever way. I just love it. <laughs> no, core. It's so tinsel. Oh, shut up. The scene picks up again with Thrasher flying them somewhere over Sector 7, 1,800 feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and use the, like, military version. I'm not going to say 18,000 feet, 1,800 feet. Or not 1,800. It would be 18,000, yeah. right? Shut up, Drew. I'm tired. I can't do math. Leave me alone. He's going to leave this in, too. He always does. Anything embarrassing. I'm already embarrassed enough as it is. And then he leaves extra embarrassing shit on here. And then I have to listen to myself, embarrass myself. That's Drew for you. What a true friend. I'm waiting for a response. Why should I respond? You did a great job of embarrassing yourself all on your own. Uh, okay. Over Sector 7, 18,000 feet. And Wayne and Lenny drop out of the back of this pod, really. I don't know what else to call it. Thrasher is driving with a pod behind him, basically. And they land onto the roof of the house that they were assigned. Lanny is trying to do everything by the book. He's doing it super cautious, extra well, overdoing everything as they enter the house. And Wayne tells Lanny to fly solo. And Lanny objects at first, but Wayne is, you're highly trained, aren't you? So Lanny's, okay, and goes upstairs while Wayne handles, quote, cookie assessment. But in all reality, he just picks up a cookie of Santa and that he plans to eat. Lanny finds the kid is asleep and proceeds to do everything else properly until he goes to trim the tree to make the present to it, and that's when he makes a mistake. Meanwhile, Wayne has raided the fridge and is eating whipped cream, drinking something, potentially hot chocolate or whatever, and then watching TV while talking to the Santa cookie, mocking Santa. Back to Lanny, he accidentally cuts too much of the tree because the gingerbread man scanner thing that he set up to measure where to cut for the present, it's a bike, it slips and moves the display. So he way overshoots it and cuts off basically the half of the tree and starts to panic. And it's like asking Wayne for help. And Wayne just says, go with your gut, kid. So Lanny makes, I think, a pretty good decision. He just rotates the tree. That's what I would have done. <laughs> so Wayne starts trying to eat the Santa cookie and doesn't notice that his device has alerted him. There is a creature stirring. Okay. Yes, I was going to say this was one of the notes I took down. That stirring warning came very late. Like it said stirring and then boom, he was there. Like. Usually they have to scan to see if this is a creature stirring, remember? Yes, but I'm saying if he was stirring in his bed already, it should have warned him before he was behind him. But we don't know the bandwidth of that little device. If it physically has to scan within the same room, usually no more than what appears to be two feet away. At that point, what's the point of having a stirring thing? I agree. <laughs> I don't know, Drew. I'm just saying. <laughs> We just don't know the bandwidth it has. So suddenly, little Timmy is awake and is taking photos of Wayne. At the North Pole, in air traffic control, McGee says it's jingle time. It's jingle time. Open hangar doors. Doors open. Cue Rosebud. 
instruments are holly jolly. Rev up the engines. Reindeer ready to roll. We are go for partridge. He's on his way. I've made the list, sir. You checked it twice? Per redundancy protocol. Prep and landing teams are underway. Everything seems to be in proper order. Excellent. Thank you, Miss Holly. The partridge is in the pear tree. We are go for launch. Vehicle? Dash away. Engines? Dash, dash away. away. Partridge? Dash away. Dash away. Oh. That was a cute little opening. Everything to me about this is cute. I'm probably going to keep saying that. That was a cute little something because it's just so cute. But that was our clever use of Christmas lore to signify an intense operation of Santa's takeoff on Christmas Eve. So McGee is trying to tell herself nothing will go wrong right as soon as Santa basically gets around the air traffic control tower and is entering the world. And that's when they get a storm alert over Sector 7, which is where Wayne and Lanny are. And McGee says, oh, frostbite. And they start to, I noticed around this point, they're using things like frostbite and Oh, there's another one. It'll come up later because I wrote it down as a cuss word. I can't remember what it is right now. And I noticed they continue that to the rest of the series. The rest of the series continues to use those words as cuss words. Maybe I should substitute my cuss words. I was, I'm going to start saying it now too, but for these, yes, Cora, if you feel the excessive need to cuss at any of these Christmas specials uh, that we do. I'm going to attempt to remember that the next time I want to say socks, and I'm going to attempt to put in, I believe frostbite would be the word to use there, because the other word, whatever it is, wherever it is, I'll have to get to it to find it. It gave me the implication that they use it like motherfucker and frostbite is fuck. So I will attempt to remember to use frostbite. Why are you making that face? You don't agree with the use of the cuss word? No, I remember there being a second one too, but I don't remember. I don't think that's was oh, that was the contemplation. That's what I got. Like I said, we'll get to it. I know I wrote it down. I just don't remember what it is. Also, did you notice that when she gets the notification of the storm over Sector 7, the elf that alerts her calls her sir? Mm. And he continues to call her sir for the rest of the episode. And I... Don't know how to feel about that because it reminds me of Charlie Brown. Because if you remember anything about Charlie Brown, Peppermint Patty calls that girl. What's her name? Lucy? Not Lucy. Maybe it is Lucy. He, she calls that one girl Sir in Charlie Brown. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I can't think of details. But I do. It's just, first of all, for me, I was meant to read Charlie Brown. But then I also was like, interesting... That he's saying sir and not ma'am. But then I was like, it's not that deep. I'm not going to do that to this. <laughs> so Drew, if you want to start attacking it for those kind of things. Oh, don't worry. I have some attacks lined up. Because <laughs> I decided I wasn't going to attack it like that. 
So back at Timmy's house in Sector 7, Wayne is trying to get out of the situation that he has created with Timmy asks him if he's a baby elf. And he says, no, I'm not a baby. I have a pigeon. And I think that's the funniest line in this entire episode. I don't know that it truly is the funniest line, but it's the funniest to me, probably because I have this thing where I, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was on a vacation and this woman talked to my family for five seconds. And we gave her a deck of cards because they lost theirs. And my mom and brother leave the table and get up. And so it's just with me at this table that neighbors this other woman. And this woman looks at me and is like, this is your mom's legacy. Don't forget that. And I was like, yeah, she's she's a good woman. What the fuck? Frostbite. What the frostbite? (laughs) So I was like, okay, yeah. I said, she's a good woman. And she didn't really know how to take that. And I didn't really know how to take what she said. Because with all due respect, woman, lady, ma'am, I am 25. And she told me that this year. So I was already 25. And I'm a homeowner. And I, when my mom came back to the table, after this lady had gotten up from her table, I told my mother this story. And my mom was like, okay, that's weird. And I was like, yeah. And on top of that, believe me, I understand the importance of legacy. I have a dead parent. I get it. But also, I'm a homeowner. Like, why are you talking to me like that? And my mom was like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, why is I'm a homeowner synonymous with being an adult? And I don't know why it is, but it is for me. So with the fact that he was like, I'm not a baby. I have a pension. I was like, I'm a homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's the funniest line to me. It's not necessarily because it is the funniest line. I just think for me, it's the most like warm blankety on the brain. <laughs> Here you go with that blanket Scratches again. the itch. <laughs> so Timmy picks him up. Wayne up. Timmy picks up Wayne. And is then trying to carry him around and do things with him and lanny is like a creature is stirring (laughs) (laughs) and clumsily throws the sleeping ornament thingy at timmy which makes timmy fall asleep lanny starts deleting photos on the camera of wayne when he notices wayne was eating one of santa's cookies and says that they are behind schedule wayne brushes him off when lanny is like doesn't section code 808 state all children must be snug in their beds so Wayne and Lanny have to carry Timmy to bed. Lanny is starting to ask Wayne why he has a bad attitude. And Wayne says that he's been working and landing for 227 years and the thrill is gone. Wayne says, we're just tiny ornaments on some gigantic tree slaving away all for what? To which Lanny is like, for the kids? <laughs> <laughs> we are just tiny ornaments on some gigantic gigantic tree slaving away <clears throat> all for what for what for him I mean, just look at this face wayne imagine the joy on this face tomorrow morning imagine all the great memories he'll pass on to his children and his children's children <sighs> the thrill may be gone for you wayne but it's not gone for him <sighs> you'll learn rookie I thought you were the prep and landing guy, Wayne. But you're just a lump of coal. Yeah. Well, sometimes we don't get what we want. So it's at this point that they're putting Timmy back into bed, and that is a phone call from McGee saying that the snowstorm is pretty bad. Yes, dear. Wayne, it's McGee. I'm sure you've noticed the snowstorm is pretty bad. Oh, well, I have now. 
I mean, uh... What do you mean? Oh. You, you, you're not on the roof here? You're not, you're not done? <sighs> okay, fine. We have a coal in the stocking. What? We're putting him to bed. Relax. I told you to pull it together, not crumble like a Christmas cookie. If you have eight maids milking, this is Jingle Bell. Come in, eight maids milking. I really hate that call sign. Can barely hear you, Jingle Bell. We are in the soup here. We're flying blind, man. Tell her we're flying blind. Why didn't I listen to Terry and stay in toy design? Tiny, bring me Big Red. Figgy pudding. <gasps> it's never come to that. What about Kimmy? Sir, with all due respect, there are millions of other kids counting on you. It's just not safe. We'll make it up to Timmy somehow, I promise. <sighs> all right, then. You heard her, team. So they call Figgy pudding, which means to cancel going to that house. So which Lanny is like... What about Timmy's Christmas? So Wayne takes full responsibility and admits that he never meant for this to happen. And then Wayne has his hero moment where he decides to fix the mess he made and save the day. And he calls McGee and tells her to let him talk with Santa. McGee says no. But then Wayne says, patch him through or he'll tell everyone about her and Tiny. And I said, ma'am, what are you doing with Tiny? <laughs> ma'am. Or should I say, sir, what are you doing with Tiny? McGee patches him through. And Wayne tells Santa to still come to the house because he has a plan. And Santa agrees. We also see Lanny's face in Wayne return and like the adoration that he has for Wayne. And we love that. McGee realizes Santa has turned back towards Timmy's house. And, oh, here it is. She exclaims, roasting chestnuts. You did not get motherfucker. Oh, I can see it. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. You should say it. I can see it. Okay. Roasting chestnuts is mofo. <laughs> and frostbite is F-stars. Not that I'm opposed to saying those words. I've already clearly said them a million times. I am really getting a kick out of the cuss words, just so you know. Um, on the roof, Wayne and Lanny are trying to set up for the landing pad that Santa has to use, but it flies away in the wind of the storm. So Wayne, thinking quickly, goes to the neighbor's house down the street and steals like all their Christmas lights and decor to set up a new landing Signal for Santa. The reindeer have a, in my opinion, a super cute little interaction. And I just thought I would play it. How are we going to make it through all this snow? Laughing all the way, my friend. Laughing all the way. <laughs> That's it. That's the interaction. <laughs> Laughing all the way. <laughs> it's just giving the vibe of I work nights. And let me tell you, how do we get through the night? Laughing all the way, my friends. <laughs> Wayne takes a giant inflatable Santa snow globe and attaches his gingerbread man scanner to it with his hat. He uses the parachute in his hat to send it up and then makes it blink to make a signal. And it's like a beacon for Santa to see, basically. Lanny and Wayne go back to the roof to use their, to set up the rest of the landing. They use these retractable grappling hook thingies that 
spies basically use and they're in the shape of candy canes which is cute but lanny's doesn't catch on the gutter so he falls he would have been fine but some icicles start to break and they're starting to fall so wayne has to save him and this is now i feel like where it gets the most intense when i tell you no matter how old i get every time i watch this i get so fucking nervous you're acting like you don't get it. Does it not make you nervous? Why are you biting your nails over this? No. <laughs> I just get so nervous. So the reindeers see the flashing globe thingy that Wayne made, and they say, cut the engines, which is where they just, <laughs> they tuck their feet. That had me, that had me laughing. <laughs> the reindeer acknowledge that they're coming in too hot, but they're like, it's too late to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> And then at this moment, Wayne realizes that he forgot about the tail hook, which is how Santa's sleigh stops and doesn't just fly over the edge of the roof. Wayne makes a last second attempt to use his retractable grappling hook thing, but he tries to ring it around the chimney, basically, and it doesn't grab. It doesn't hook. So at the exact moment, like where it's basically too late, Lanny has woken up and he grabs the other end and they share this cute little half of a second smile. Where they're like working together, but suddenly that is exactly when Santa's sleigh interrupts their tender moment and starts dragging them along the whole roof, which luckily it's a long roof. So Wayne hits Lanny's parachute and then that apparently stops everything. Apparently the parachute was enough to stop a whole eight reindeer and a sleigh with presents and two elves. I also am thinking about how the parachute is on Lanny's head. And I'm surprised this didn't, like, like literally rip his head off. One of the reindeer almost vomits because they're, like, less than an inch away from flying off the roof. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think I genuinely laughed so hard at that. That is probably my favorite. My favorite line is, I'm not a baby, I have a pension. And my favorite moment is the reindeer almost vomiting. <laughs> Back at the North Pole on Christmas Day at 0900 hours. Did I say there that right? you go. There you go. <laughs> Josh would be proud. <laughs> Wayne goes to see Santa and he gets told that Santa has been expecting him. <clears throat> Come in, Wayne. Sir, I am very sorry about last night. If you want to transfer me or fire me, I, I completely understand. Oh. But please. Make sure you find Lanny a new partner. He's a good elf, sir. Well, that's why I assigned him to you. <laughs> but don't be silly, Wayne. I'm not going to bite your head off. Everyone slips onto the naughty list once in a while. I'm glad you stopped by, though, so I could say Merry Christmas. It's, it's Timmy's house. It's a reminder of why our job is so important. Now, come on. We're not getting any younger, you know. And when he shakes it, he gets to see Timmy enjoying his Christmas morning. I have one question, and then I have a comment. Is this live feed, or is this only ever going to show this morning with the bike? I feel like the morning with the bike would be better because it's yeah. a reminder. But it could be a live feed. Who knows? 
uh-huh. makes it creepy. No. <laughs> My comment is, I love how Santa drags him. He said, I'm not going to bite your head off. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to make sure he knows. <laughs> so Wayne comes out of Santa's office and tells Lanny that he was offered director of the nice list. But he turned it down. Because he's more of a, quote, prep and landing guy. And the episode ends with Lanny getting the fruitcake from McGee, from Wayne, from the coal elf. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an old joke that no one likes or wants fruitcake, and it's always regifted. I don't, I'm sure you knew that, but maybe you didn't. No, I did. For me, I love this because I think it's very clever. And I love how they use Christmas lore in place of military words, cuss words, just all around base everything fully in like all the Christmas lore. And I remember watching this the year it came out. And for me, then and now, 10 out of 10. Still obsessed with it. And I feel like this series is extremely nostalgic and is the epitome of my childhood. And I say that about everything. But what I think about, because I remember watching this with my family and I remember watching this with my dad and mom. My brother was too young. Like he was there. But he was like two or three. I just remember this being just, I remember watching this and I remember this being childhood for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What do you feel, Drew? You said you don't I relate. Mean, no, I love the short. I love it. I love spy things. I really do. And like you said, the writing, everything is very clever. The and it's cute and it's funny. The only hitch I have with it, with with your assessment of it, or not necessarily mm. hitch, not a hitch, really, just my point of disagreement, is that as I said, I remember watching the first one when it came out too. I remember when it was hyped up. I remember thinking me, and my sister watched it when it was on ABC. Like we watched it, it was great. I wouldn't. I there. It's not the same nostalgicness for me though because mm-hmm. like I said I watched it the once and I remember it and it was great but it's not a set standing pillar of your childhood no no for you that's once upon a Christmas no I had among others like grandma gets run over Mm-mm. by reindeer oh I do love that one <laughs> the, there's there's a, there's several but definitely not this one hmm so what would you rate this one? Out of nostalgia or out of liking? Those are two different Both. things. Yeah, I give two different ratings. Liking, strong, like eight or nine. I wouldn't call it a 10 out of 10. Just because mm. it's a short. And I think they're cute, but they're not like super attached. And nostalgic factor, two for me. Every All across the board for me. Everywhere, 10 out of 10. I don't care that it's short. I just fucking love this shit. It gives me so much anxiety to this day when I'm watching that last five minutes. I'm telling you. And it also, in my mind, what's crazy, this is a 22-minute thing. It, in my mind, whenever we're out of the Christmas season, let's say in July, you're like, hey, Corey, how long is prep and landing? I'll be like, I think around 30 minutes, but it always feels like an hour. It feels like it's bigger. I know what you mean. Do not relate. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our special episode of Friday Night Rewind. It's a cute little episode, Corey. You know, very tinsel. But I do think it's time to wrap it up. You know what they say? It's nog or never. Yeah, thank you for watching our Friday Night Rewind. <laughs> cute, Drew. Cute.
It's not good ever.